0: jazz cast pros
1: do you hear that small still voice calling you to do something different to achieve something greater to live your best life now rather than later if you're a woman contemplating your next move you found the perfect podcast to empower your self-growth journey Welcome to High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, remove mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your high vibe desires. I'm Roshan, your high vibe curator, cheerleader, and accountability partner. And today we get to talk to Nicole Baker Holloman. Holloman. Thank you. You and I met in Denver at the podcast movement, and I remember hearing you talk about your podcast and who you serve. And I was like, I have to talk to her. And I like kind of chase you down in the expo hall to be like, do you want to be on my podcast? Can we connect?
0: <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. I was like, oh, oh, that's such a cool moment. So you made my day when you did that. Thank you.
1: <laughs> awesome. So first
0: start by telling us who you are and who you serve. Absolutely. So my name is Nicole baker Holloman. like you said. I am a coach for high-achieving perfectionists. So basically what that means, because a lot of people hear the word perfectionism and they're like, oh, well, that's like, I want an immaculate house. I want my kitchen to be clean always. I want the most beautiful, stunning, color-coded to-do list anyone's ever seen. And while yes, that is a branch of perfectionism, the reason I say high achieving perfectionists is because that is really a category in its own. When it comes to high achievers, it's the how can I be at 135% every single day? And if I'm at 134, I failed. I suck. I'm not good enough. I should have pushed harder. I could have done more. And it's that mental beat down. We constantly give ourselves on our way to our goals. I almost say like, it's almost like f- self-flagellation or worse self-hatred to get to the next level. But when we do that, when we rely on that as our motivational push, our drive to get to the next level, what we do is we're constantly telling ourselves, well, no matter matter what I do, it's never going to be enough because we're going to get to that level and it's still not going to be good enough. It'll be the next thing that will actually make you happy. It will be the next amount of money bringing in every month that will actually make you feel like you're finally accomplishing things. Like The list goes on and on. But that is why I specifically say high-achieving perfectionist because that is a whole different level of goal-setting, friends. <laughs> People hear
1: the word perfectionism and they think about that Outer stuff, like you said, the beautiful, immaculate house and everything, like, is exactly where it's supposed to be. The real struggle of that is internal it's the achievement and never being enough. And on your website, you talk about like the all or nothing. And I was like, yes, that's it. And like the moving of the goalpost. And all right, I got to the top of the mountain, but look at that one over there. I haven't climbed that one yet.
0: Exactly. And we do that so often in especially in business. You know, like us as business owners, I have yet to meet a CEO who's not at some level a high achieving perfectionist. They have a standard that they have set for themselves that is astronomical. It is an astronomical standard. But for whatever reason, their brain says, well, unless I'm playing at that level then I'm not doing enough. I'm not pushing hard enough. I'm not going big enough. I'm not playing big enough. I hear this all the time. And it's just constantly, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And the way I define perfectionism is you have this astronomically high expectation for yourself. And anything below that is capital F failure. Mm. And it's not just failure of like, oh, darn, I learned something failure. Mm -hmm. It's the I am a failure. It's a shame failure. Mm-hmm. That really, perfectionism and shame are very one in the same. And a lot of people don't connect that mm-hmm. on, on first read of perfectionism.
1: Yeah. And a lot of conversations that I have had in previous episodes, it's about like things that are coupled, and perfectionism and shame are definitely yeah. coupled. And I feel like one thing that you can't have if you have both of those is grace. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. Reaching for grace helps you decouple from perfectionism and shame. One of the things that I also saw with you that you do with your clients is there are three types of perfectionism and you said there are positives and negatives to each. So can you share a little bit more about each
0: type and what they look like? Sure thing. So we have the first type, which we've kind of touched on a little bit, is that high achiever or the overachiever side of perfectionism. The negatives I mentioned, that self flagellation, that constantly feeling like I need to push harder, do more in order to be happy, be successful. But the positive side of it is probably what we're all white knuckling as high achievers. It's that's what is probably the main reason we are successful is because we do have these big dreams. We do play big in a way that a lot of people are afraid to or don't. So those are the positive and negatives of that high achieving perfectionist. Then there's the most popular type of perfectionism. And I want to just say before I go into the other two, you can be multiple types. Often my first question after I go through these that I hear from people is, but, but Nicole, oh God, I'm, I'm all three. What do I do? And it's like, that's okay. We're we're allowed to be all three, but mostly it means that we're one type in a certain scenario or a certain category of life. So maybe you're a high achieving perfectionist in work, but maybe you're a procrastinator, which is number two, in more home life or in school or in, um, I actually see this a lot, in new business. Business owners, especially. So this procrastinator is the biggest type. It is 56% of the over 3,500 people who have taken my quiz. And that's huge. And there's a reason for it. But the procrastinator often gets that bad rap of, oh, well, if I'm procrastinating, that means I'm lazy. Or if I'm procrastinating, that means that I'm not as hard of a worker as the high achieving perfectionist. And I call absolute bull on that because I've worked with many, many procrastinators and they are actually harder workers than the high achievers but here's where they shoot themselves in the foot and this is where their kryptonite really comes in they are so overwhelmed by the big scary things that would actually get them to their goal that their brain hits the fight flight freeze button i'm a big neuroscience person i always believe in coaching from there you're hitting that fight flight freeze button and your brain says flight fly away little dove fly away (laughs) i have to go do something that's so much easier like scrolling through tiktok cleaning your kitchen um Cleaning out your email, I see that one a lot, or scrolling through Slack, bouncing back and forth. Like, I mean, there's so many ways that we can procrastinate that make us feel busy. And we've curated the society that busyness equals importance, but so many people who are busy are actually heavy, heavy procrastinators. They're just not doing the things that are actually going to move them forward. Now, the major bonus sides to procrastinators, they are the biggest dreamers I've ever met, Mm. full stop. High achievers, no offense. You're big dreamers too. You're hard workers too. We know that. I'm a high (laughs) achiever. I need to hear that sometimes. (laughs) But when we come to procrastinators, they have these visions for themselves that when we start talking about them in coaching sessions, it is like a whole different person comes out of that session. And so that is really what I like to have people like not cling on to necessarily, but use that to their advantage. Mm -hmm. And then number three is the people pleaser. We've heard this people pleaser many, many times. So I'm gonna do this one pretty quickly. But the people pleasing perfectionist, unlike the procrastinator and the high achiever that are more internal perfectionism, they are those standards that we've set for ourselves. They are those standards that we set for our goals. When it comes to the people pleaser, it's how can I be perfect for everyone else around me so everyone knows that I'm the best, so everyone knows that I'm the most selfless person in the room so that I can constantly take on everyone else's emotions and everyone else can be happy. And I'm just having the bearing weight of everyone else's sadness all the time. I'm not sometimes a people pleaser. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but when it comes to the people pleaser, the big issue is that they tend to put everyone else, whether it's their opinions, their goals, their to do list, their schedules, their um, requests on a pedestal above themselves. So if the if the person that you're talking to, maybe it's your boss or maybe it's a coworker of yours is at this high, high level and you're putting yourself on this really low pedestal down here, that's telling your brain, I don't trust my opinions. I don't trust myself to hold my schedule in a way that makes me feel comfortable setting boundaries. It is basically saying, I'm not enough. They are enough. I need to worship them at their feet. And that can be really damning for people pleasers because not only does it cause a lot of burnout because you're probably overworking for a lot of people, but it also can mean that you are talking really negatively to yourself. They really beat themselves up for not being a, I'm going to put major air quotes, Personal development student. They beat themselves up for not being strong, which I could not disagree more because here's the flip side to the people pleaser. I don't know if you agree with this, Michonne, but I I really firmly believe this. The day and age that we are in, where there's a lot of negativity, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of, you know, going at it fighting, we need more people pleasers at their core because. The positive side of people pleasers are people who actually give a fuck about other people. And holy hell, do we need more people like that right now? So I look at people pleasers and I say, oh, my God, you are the people who are going to change the world. Mm -hmm. But it's just about learning how to trust your own voice on that same level as other people.
1: If you had asked me before this interview, do I agree with your statement? I would have said no. And after you talking through that, I'm like, wow, that's really good. And I think the only thing I would add to it is I think we need more people pleasers in power. Because yes, when they stand completely when they stand in alignment and understand how their strengths can help them flourish versus flounder, that's when real change can happen. If we have people pleasers who are in power, and they care deeply about others and are super empathetic, and have learned how to set up boundaries. Like that's a powerhouse right there.
0: You know who I think of when I think of someone who is in a leadership role, who very much believes in those values is Sarah Blakely, who's the Mm. CEO of Spanx. Wow, she just recently, recently, that was like a year and a half ago, it feels like yesterday. (laughs) She sold Spanx. And as a present to every single person in her company. She gave them $10,000 and a first class ticket to anywhere in the world. And that's the type of leader that now it doesn't have to be gifts necessarily, but it's saying, I see you. I want to shower you in things that make you feel just as good as I do. Mm -hmm. And that is so big. And I think that that often gets overlooked by, again, going back to earlier, the busyness, which tends to be more self-serving. You know, busyness is a lot of the time for our own ego to so that we can get to our level of success that we are craving. And while there's nothing wrong with wanting success for yourself, I think that high achievers would riot if I said there was. <laughs> But I think that there's this beautiful balance of, yes, I do want more for myself, but how can I also spread that into others and and enhance their lives just as much as my own? And that's where it's like, ooh, ooh, that's capital L leadership right there.
1: Hey, if you like this episode, check out Getting Real with Bossy, where we chat about what it's like to be a woman business owner.
0: You'll hear interviews with women who are doing what it takes to succeed and the reality of what that
1: looks like. We cover all the topics, figuring out the rules and regulations, navigating business partnerships,
0: even if that's your spouse, motherhood while running a business, working within your values, and all the ups and downs of being the boss. Are you ready to get real? Pop over to
1: our podcast, Getting Real with Bossy. Want to live more into your zone of genius? Join the high vibe community. There truly is something for everybody with our daily calls and easy to use app. Community truly is the best way to grow in whatever way you're looking to do. Whether you need inspiration, education, connection, motivation, you're gonna find it there. You have a whole group of cheerleaders who were walking through the same season as you and that makes a huge difference. They say at the gym, the heaviest weight to lift is the front door. And the front door of your next adventure is in the links below. It's high time you activated your high vibes. And this leads really well into my next question. And it's something that I try to strike the balance in my group. How do you think people can find the balance of being goal-oriented and finding space for things like joy, creativity, wonder, the more being versus the doing?
0: Such a freaking good question. And I have so many different answers, but I'm going to boil it down to three. The first thing is the goal-oriented, going back to that high-achieving perfectionist especially, and I'll even throw in the um, procrastinator in this one too, when we are that high, high goal, I want this now, I need to do this now, you know, like burning ourselves out to oblivion to try to get to the end result. We're constantly living in the future. We're constantly living in how can I get there faster? How can I get there faster? How can I get there faster? And I think that this is twofold it's self compassion. Now, a lot of people hear that and they're like, but if I feel good about myself, if I feel grateful for the present moment and da, 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 da. And the second part of that is being in the present. So if I have these two things going on, It's like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my drive. I'm going to lose my fire. I'm going to lose my motivation. And that could not be more inaccurate. When you feel good about yourself, when you look in the mirror and you stare at yourself in the mirror in the morning and you say, oh, Nicole, you're amazing. You're so good. You do such good work. You're changing the world. You're doing so amazing. Look at how far you've come. Da, 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 da. I am going to show up at a very different energy than I would have if I looked in the mirror and said, you need to work harder, bitch. Like there's two very different energies that that's coming from. And I always strive for the the first one. Now, do I always hit it? No, because I'm still learning how to overcome my own perfectionism and my own inner demons. And I don't think that those are ever gonna go away, but it's about learning how to lean into that self-compassion and that present moment more. The second answer to your question is more... Uh, strategic, I'll call it. I'm I'm assuming most people listening are rather familiar with the 80-20 principle, but just in case you're not, I'm gonna go through it very, very briefly. The 80-20 principle basically says, if I have 100 steps to go in order to achieve my goal, roughly 80 of those steps are gonna be teeny tiny little steps forward. They're gonna be more comfort zone. They're gonna be more like, ugh, oh, I could do this, but it won't really move me forward. They're more safe. They're more procrastinator, to be frank. The 20%, that delta, that remaining 20, those are the things that scare the crap out of you. But those are the things that are going to launch you towards the finish line. Not all steps of goals are created equal. I always try to live into that 20% and try to either delegate, delete, or just automate that 80% as much as possible. Because if I'm only doing 20 tasks versus 80, I'm going to have way more free time. I'm going to have way more time to spend with my husband or start a new podcast with my sister that that needs up all my time. But you know, there's, there's so much that comes with working smarter, not harder. And I think that's obviously easier said than done. But I do think at its core, it's going back to the 80-20 principle. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Yeah, it's really funny that we're talking about this today because I didn't tell you and I haven't really announced it much, but I'm putting together a program for November and December called Playing Big Power Hours. Stop. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> so
0: amazing.
1: when you were like playing big, I was like, oh, like... Okay, telepathy or something, you know, like, and it's about showing up super intentional in that 20%. And I think that the freedom that you get by being really intentional and using that time to play big, do the stuff that scares you, get outside of your comfort zone, that is where the massive movement comes from. But you can't be there 80% of the time. You have you can only be there twenty percent of the time. Understanding that and saying this is what I'm going to do for myself, my alignment is like so impactful.
0: Yes, and I feel like a lot of people they're like, "Well, I could be there," you know. I can work ten hours, twelve hours a day, all in eighty, or excuse me, all in twenty percent tasks. And it's like, actually, your brain literally cannot do that. Your brain has a certain amount of glucose storage, which is our energy storage in our brain. That it has to distribute every day. But if I drain 99% of that glucose storage, I'm not going to get all 99% back with just one night of sleep. I'm probably going to get 60% back. But then if I drain it again, oh, then I get 50% back and so on and so forth. And that's where burnout really comes in, right? When it comes to these 20% tasks, I like to do it really depends on the day, but like for me, my Mondays and my Wednesdays are my project days. So for those, those are my 20% task days. I knock out, you know, two-ish 20% tasks in each of those days depending on the length of time that they take. But that's that's it. Like I try not to overstuff my schedule unless I'm in something what I call a push period, which means it's a short period of time where a little bit more is demanded of me. However, when, like, let's say, for instance, I mean, this is a real life example right now. I'm in a push period that is going on week. Six and I don't like that. I'm we're working on actually um, diminishing that very rapidly. But because this one area of my life is demanding a hundred percent of my energy, that means these other. I'm putting I'm putting up my hands for everyone listening. That means these other. You know, let's say I have four other categories in my life: my marriage, my health, my sleep, my family. That means these other four categories are not going to be at 100% like they maybe normally would. Maybe my marriage goes down to 50 and my husband and I are very intentional with the time that we do spend together. Maybe my health goes down to how can I make sure I'm sleeping every day and maybe walking for 20 minutes a day? How can I call my mom maybe once a week and just make sure she knows I'm alive instead of you know texting her every day? Her and I are buds. But that is... You have to readjust your, your expectations with yourselves because if you keep demanding this 100%, that's where that perfectionism comes in. We demand such a high level of expectation from ourselves where we can't meet it. And we're only setting ourselves up for a huge mental beatdown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The shame attached to that is so deep. And I found myself in that shame cycle previously. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I know what to do and I don't do it. So then I feel shame. So then I feel worse. So then I don't take action. So then I don't do, you know, and it's just this constant cycle of f- feeling like a failure and like, I am not enough, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing for a lot of perfectionists, feeling that Mm -hmm. way. So if you are feeling that way, hello, you're not alone. Welcome to the
1: club. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And what I love about that is, like, if you can feel seen, it helps you know that it's not just you and that there are tips and tools and coaches out there that can help you step away from all the negative conversations that are happening in your brain.
0: And I wanna commend people because you're doing that right now. You're listening to a podcast that is getting you thinking in a new way. Yes, working with someone directly will always produce faster results. That's just how it works because everything is personalized to you. Everything is curated for you. However, if that's not in your financial wheelhouse or in your time wheelhouse, books at your library are free. Podcasts for the most part are free. There's so many resources out there to get you thinking in a new way and a little bit a day goes a long way. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but I'm proud that it did. <laughs> I love this
1: so much because I think what you're speaking to is something that has resonated with me a lot. Talking about sales, which is the season that I'm in is like growing my business, which is sales focused and being the relaxed woman. And I think that the sales fits into the 20%, whereas like the relaxed woman is the 80% of the joy, the wonder, the like not feeling like I'm pushing so hard. It gives space for both.
0: Yes, and that's the goal. I I always say to people, we go after goals to become a type of person, not to just check something off of a list. And when we go at 100,000 miles per minute, we forget the type of person, you know, for the longest time in business, um, for I think like my first, I'll say my first three years of business, maybe a little bit more, I got lost in my whole identity was Nicole, the business owner, Nicole, the coach, Nicole, the personal development speaker, Nicole, the perfectionism expert. And when my friends would ask me, they're like, so like, what do you do for fun? I literally had nothing to say. And that To put it lightly, bummed me out. Like it really bummed me out. I lost who I was at my core. So over like about a year and a half, I started asking myself like, who am I at my core? Who am I at my core? And I realized, and you and I were talking about this off air. I realized I loved reading and getting lost in stories. And when I got to reading and getting lost in stories, and I'm talking non, excuse me, I'm talking thick. Shin, not nonfiction. I read a lot of nonfiction for work. However, I'm talking like total luxury read that has nothing to do with productivity. And when I started doing that more, I feel like I found myself again. I feel like I found that light, and I found a a Nicole that had been shoved away for a really long time. And the irony is now that I'm bringing that to the sur- the surface, there's a lot of things changing in my life as a result. And That, I don't think is an accident, but I had to do that deep soul soul searching of who am I outside of a business owner? And I think that's really hard, especially for women. I think that's really hard for women business owners because we get so wrapped up in our identities, you know, being a mom, being a business owner, being a badass, all these different things. We get so wrapped up in them and it's important to remember who am I at my core, and who can, how can I bring that to these elements? It's not how can I make that my entire personality and that's it and my business owner personality is gone, my mother personality is gone. It's not about that. Again, that's back to that all or nothing. It's about saying what's the gray area here? How can I bring myself to each of these areas? And I'm getting on a little bit of a tangent, but that's just deeply, deeply important to me. So to your, to your um, point about sales and how that's a big part of your life right now, one of the things that I would always ask myself is how can I bring Nicole to the sales call? How can I bring Nicole to the sales call? Because you know, I don't know about you, I see on Instagram these like sales scripts to close your first $100,000 client. And I'm just like, that's not me. I'm not that type of person. And it was deeply important to me to bring myself to these calls. And that was way easier said than done. But that's when I started to see those ROI turnovers was because I was talking from me, not from this is the perfect script that is going to get me the sale You know what I mean? Right, yeah.
1: Sales is a truly aligned salesperson is someone who understands both the art and the science of it.
0: Yes. Ooh, Ooh, (laughs) slap that on a bumper sticker, Michonne. That was so good.
1: (laughs) It's so cool to hear you talk about that journey because it's so powerful and like I think so much about like finding alignment and I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week and they were talking about having your like you said your business app being your identity you have a relationship with it and like you're you have a deep relationship with it and an intense and very collaborative relationship but it's not you. I have a relationship with being a mother, but it's not me who, you know, and so understanding how all of those things work, I think is really, that's, that's our powerful work right there.
0: I'm going to stick that in my back pocket for its relationship. That is, that's powerful. I love that.
1: We talked for like 10 or 15 minutes before we hopped on air and I could keep talking forever, but my My editor would kill me. So um, (laughs) I do like to wrap up with lightning round questions. What is a must-read book?
0: I'm going to totally go fiction. It's because this is a book that changed my life. Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros is an incredible book, easy to get lost in. It's super contemporarily written, so it's an easy read. Um, And there's dragons and they're sassy, which... (laughs) What else could you want?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I love that you went that direction because no previous guests have gone that direction. Really? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I'm happy to give a nonfiction answer, but that's, I I was like, I can't not give a fiction answer. That's just who I am at my core. Yeah.
1: And I think it's so important as business owners who are like very focused and high achieving, like you said, to be able to step into fantasy and get lost in other stories. I think that makes us better business owners for sure.
0: It definitely does. And also getting lost in another, because I, I read primarily female protagonist books and like to be able to get lost in their head, I've become a be- better business owner being inside of the main character from Fourth Wing's Head. I've become a better worker outer because I'm imagining myself training to get on a dragon every <laughs> single day when I'm working out <laughs> in the morning and it helps me work out better. Like, but it's like they're allowed to make you a better person. It's not just for like, shits and giggles it's mm-hmm. they're allowed to enhance your life as well yeah i have a whole ted talk about that
1: basically <laughs> it's stuck in my head somewhere <laughs> so what does creativity mean
0: to you flow mm.
1: means flowing
0: something that flows out of me easily mm. that's a good one
1: what is the best piece of advice you've ever received
0: you become the five people you hang out with the most choose those five people wisely
1: mm-hmm.
0: yep I basically wrote them down on a restaurant receipt that I was working at at the time. And the next day was like, I don't like four of these people. (laughs) Good times.
1: Good times. (laughs) So you had to weed the garden. Oh, I weeded that garden hard. Yep. Uh, What is something that's on your bucket list? Skydiving. Oh, that is not my jam, but more power (laughs) to you. Thank you. And what is the coolest shit you've done in the last year or are currently working on?
0: <laughs> I have two answers because I also got married about in June of this last year, which was by far one of the coolest things I've ever done. And my husband is my rock and my everything. And um, just recently, we were talking about this off air, I launched a new podcast with my sister. We went viral on day one. It's been six weeks. We've gone viral over a hundred times. We now have a community of over sixty thousand people. We have two hundred twenty thirty, excuse me, two hundred thirty thousand downloads, and it's just like all of it. We've like topped the charts on Spotify. Like we're just like whoa. Like So that's definitely one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. And it's been out of sheer creativity. I've never in my life felt more creatively fulfilled than I have in the past six weeks. I've been exhausted in the best way. But it has been the most rewarding thing I have ever created in my life. That's so cool. Thank
1: you. And I don't think when we met in Denver, like it was... On your radar at all. No, not not in the slightest.
0: <laughs> but it's so ironic that it was, I think, two to three weeks after podcast movement mm-hmm. was when um, my sister, because I had always had this idea of like this really deep dive books podcast. And my husband was getting tired of me doing 45 minute rants about the books <laughs> that I was reading to him. So he was also kind of like, so what if you started a podcast? But I was like, I already have a solo show. I don't want another one. I don't want another solo show. Solo shows are hard. Like, let's just let's just be honest. And the kind of work that I would want to do on this show was just like impossible to do alone. So when my sister started reading these books that I loved, and we started exchanging like 50 to 100 texts a day about these books, she finally was like, what if we started a podcast? And I was like, God damn it. Like Everyone's saying this. And I was like, sure, why not? And the rest is history. Here we are. That's so
1: cool. And in uh, one of my last episodes, I reflected on quarter three. And I talked about how when quarter three started, I just like said, maybe I'll do a podcast. And now it's like... it's I've kind of shed everything else because this has let me feel super creatively excited. And it's just been so so good. So I'm so happy for you and excited. And this was such a great conversation. Where can people find you? Where do you most show up?
0: So for perfectionism and high-achieving perfectionism specifically, I am on Instagram at lifecoachbaker. You can also go to lifecoachbaker.com. And I have a podcast called Imperfect Success, where we go into all things perfectionism, high-achieving, goal-setting, productivity, D, all of the above for burnt-out high achievers. Then, like I've mentioned a few times, I also have this new podcast that is called Fantasy Fangirls. If you are a fantasy reader, this is your domain right here. So um, that is everywhere at Fantasy Fangirls girls pod how cool how exciting and we'll put all of that in the show notes
1: i think we could also probably create like a support group for partners of high achieving perfectionists because like when you were talking about the 45 minute rant i was like huh my husband's gotten one or two of those as well
0: (laughs) honestly they are such champions and they really do need a a support group it's so true (laughs) thank you so much for joining today Thank you so much for having me. And as someone who listens to your podcast and just I see how it seems so natural and you're such a freaking good host, Mershawn. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Seriously. Thank you so much, Nicole. That was
1: that gave me chill. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if you are listening on Spotify, I would love it if you could scroll down and leave a comment on this episode. Was there anything that necessarily struck a chord in any or always in your life? DM me on Instagram your thoughts. I think this is such an impactful and important conversation that I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I'm also on LinkedIn. So thank you for listening to High Vibe Table Talks. And remember, big dreams and small steps can transform your life. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks and we will see you all next week because it's high time you go after your high vibe.